Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Casse les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accent. I'm your host Jérémy Magan and today we will look into match 12 in Ligue 1. Before we go into it, of course, uh, Nice OM, the game uh, that was postponed a while back because uh, of, of what happened with the, the fans and, and the invasion of the pitch and all that, uh, was played again this week. 1-1 um, was the final score on neutral grounds. Uh, in Troyes, uh, the game was played. Uh, those two teams clearly were in uh, not to lose. Uh, and I think 1-1 was a score that definitely um, made both teams happy and uh, I guess reassured them that uh, they wouldn't lose that game. I, I think in the in the grand scheme of things, Nice are definitely the losers of that situation. You know, they've lost one point already. They played a few games um, without having any fans on uh, and now they they were only able to um, draw that one uh, when you think that they were 50 minutes away from a win at home it's definitely a bit of a um, sad moment for uh, for Lille for Nice excuse me uh, but yeah 1-1 was the score uh, of that game um, Ligue 1 match day 11 was played this weekend match day 12 excuse me was played this weekend sorry getting confused there uh, and uh, 10 games were played of course we didn't see one red card which was uh, good to see and we saw a plethora of goals that gets um, like every week at uh, this season uh, in Liga. 29 goals uh, a couple of wins away only uh, a couple of draws uh, and a very uh, interesting week a very thrilling uh, weekend with uh, the usual uh, wins with with team coming back from uh, from a defeat uh, anyway we're going to go get straight into it and after we talk about uh, match day 12 we'll quickly preview the european game of the week but you know the drill first music The first game of this weekend was Paris Saint-Germain against Lille and the club of the capital saw off the French champion 2-1. The goal scorer Jonathan David scored first for Lille at the Parc des Princes at the 31st minute and Marquinhos at the 74th and Angel Di Maria at the 88th uh, gave the uh, win to Paris Saint-Germain. 60% ball possession for the home squad, 17 shots, 6 on targets and for Lille 11 shots and 3 on target. In the famous words of Red Redding, the character played by Morgan Freeman is Shawshank Redemption, same old shit, different day uh, it is for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, far from convincing, yet they get the 3 points. Uh, Mbappé wasn't playing during that game, uh, Messi wasn't sure, but yet play. I think he had a bit of a, uh, an issue with uh, with one of his thighs, uh, but yet started the game. Uh, and Pochettino uh, uses his 4-3-3 with a few changes compared to what we've seen the week before. Um, Donnarumma played first, uh, played in goalkeeper, excuse me. Bernat was on the left, Kimpembe Marquinhos, the two centre-back, and Kerrer was on the right. The midfield was Wijnaldum, Danilo Pereira, and Gay. And up front, of course, uh, Neymar, Messi, and Di Maria. The, the you know that four three three just didn't really work well. Uh, I think um, I think the three up front still haven't found their feet, uh, or at least can't really play just them three without having uh, a Mbappe or uh, or maybe an Icardi 
who can really fix fixate the defense. Uh, the fullbacks weren't great either. Uh, you know, Bernard, we can't really blame him too much. He's back from a long injury. Uh, but Kerrer, I think, was um, surprisingly good since the beginning of the season when he was playing as centre-back. But in right-back, uh, he was, uh, I guess, overrun a couple of times and, and the goal came from um, his side. More, I think, more uh, importantly and, and more um, scary, I guess, for, for Paris Saint-Germain, their midfield um, really, really struggled against Lille. Uh, and until the changes were made in the second half, uh, Paris Saint-Germain just didn't really show a good a good side for themselves. Uh, when the second half started, Icardi replaced Messi, uh, and then the hour mark, uh, Dagma, Dagba and Nuno Mendes came in, uh, and Pochettino dropped Danilo Pereira in centre-back, so we had a sort of a hybrid 3-5-2 going on, which then allowed Paris Saint-Germain to really use the width, um, to really use um, you know, Di Maria and Neymar behind Icardi uh, for them to be able to bring uh, the ball forward. And that was much more successful for Paris Saint-Germain. And that might be the the solution um, going forward. I guess the issue would be, do you put Kerrer as the third centre-back or do you put um, Sergio Ramos? But as it was revealed uh, earlier today or yesterday, depending on uh, where you are when you listen to the podcast, uh, supposedly Sergio Ramos uh, would be um, cut off at Paris Saint-Germain since he hasn't played a game uh, since he came in and he hasn't played a game anyway since May uh, with injuries uh, but of course um, I will let you know as soon as I hear more about this story uh, talking about Lille the, the French champion they did give a three the camp for themselves uh, and I think they can actually have regrets uh, there was you know still a few technical mistakes still a few bad choices offensively uh, there was some clear opportunities that didn't end in the, in the back of the net uh, you know Burak you know also is is here on that first goal um he's just not yet to the level we want him to be and, and he had opportunities to score uh that he wasted unfortunately on that goal from Jonathan David, uh, yes, we can see that Burak Ilmaz is, you know, able to um, really, really be a problem 1v1 and, and he mystified Kerrer on that one before he uh, passed the ball back to, to Jonathan David, who then just could adjust um, Donnarumma from, from very close range. But but besides that, we need to see Burak Ilmaz a little bit better for Lille to uh, perform to the level where we expect them. In the midfield, though, very, very impressive performance uh, by Lille, although uh, André wasn't there. Uh, Cheka and Renato Sanchez dominated the middle of the park for the first half and probably for the first hour of the game. It was also good to see um, Zeki Selic uh, sort of coming back to his level slowly uh, and is is crucial for, for Lille's level. Um, the, the right back, he, he was one of the standards last season and he, he needs to be at his level for Lille to, to try and get away from that um, that poor form that they are in since the beginning of the season, really. Uh, Jonathan David, of course, is the, the shining light in that squad. Uh, eight goals right now in, in 12 games. Uh, he's just on a good rhythm, uh, you know, after those two goals scored against Marseille. Uh, he's been on the run and, and he's basically holding that team together, although this weekend... Um, it was a loss. Uh, after that, that one hour that was pretty dominated by Lille and, and where Paris Saint-Germain, um, except on, on little, um, little spurt of genius by, by Messi or Neymar and although they, they weren't even that great. Uh, they were just weren't able to, to come outside Paris Saint-Germain, but then came these final minutes, uh, these changes, this 3-5-2 put in place. Uh, Icardi had a chance, uh, but Gerbic stopped it. Uh, but on the very next offense, um, Icardi sort of brought three players with him on the, on the near post, and Marquinhos was completely forgotten, uh, on the far post, uh, and was able to level the, the score by just, um, putting it in, in the empty net. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain kept pushing and, 
the the goal from Jimaria, if you haven't seen it, you have to. Uh, beautiful one-two between Jimaria and Neymar. I mean, Neymar, when he wants to, um, he's just a genius. The way he, he controls the ball and just pass it back, almost a no-look, um, sort of like it looks like a dummy, but it's a pass for Jimaria. He's just perfect, perfectly on his run. And then Jimaria is able to find the uh, far post to, to pull it uh, away from Ivo Gerbic. The three points for Paris Saint-Germain, uh, two minutes left when they scored that goal. Again, a late winner by uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, it's, it, again, it's not convincing, but it's, uh, 31 points out of 36 possible, which, uh, which is a performance by, uh, by any standard, uh, and which shows that Paris doesn't need to play well to, to get the win. Is that going to last all season? You know, is it, a, a, a story of, they are still warming up and they're not ready yet and so they're not playing well but they get the win or is it a story of they are at their level and their luck is going to run out and they might have a, a bad streak we don't know of course um, with the talent that they have it'd be surprising to see them drop and, and they were able to win that game against Lille without Mbappé but it is getting concerning to see that uh, you know early early November end of October when the game was played uh, Paris Saint-Germain still hasn't hit their stride the, the only game that they played sort of well was Manchester City and they were defending for most of that game. Um, so it's, it becomes urgent to see if uh, Paris Saint-Germain can, can come out of that stance and can actually dominate Ligue 1, not only on the ladder, but also on the way they play football. Lille, it's already five defeats. Um, it's a lot for a champion um, in the 21st century. Only Nantes did worse with, with seven losses in 2001. Uh, but it's really complicated we do see them a bit better we do see a bit better football um it's still a little bit you know fragile in the back it's it's just not strong enough and up front we we don't have the what we expect from Bamba from Yazice uh, from Ikone all those players that were able to bring goals last season uh, aren't helping David uh, you know, but Burak is not help, helping David either. Uh, so it's they need to bounce back. They need to find their rhythm. They need a good series. Otherwise, they're going to they're not going to be able to fight for European spots. And and this is where Lille should be. Uh, this is where any French champion um, should be. Uh, of course, both teams are going to play in Europe midweek, and we'll talk about that at, at the end of the pod. Uh, but next week, Paris Saint Germain will be traveling to Bordeaux before the, the international break uh, and Lille will be hosting Angers, uh, two teams that is not going to be easy to, to beat for uh, Paris Saint-Germain or for Lille. Next game was Metz against Saint-Etienne, uh, the duel of two of the worst teams in Ligue 1 this season and the game finished in a draw 1-1. The goal scorer Farid Boulaya for Metz at the ninth minute and Wabi Kazri, who else, uh, at the 16th minute for Saint-Etienne. Uh, 66% possession for Saint-Etienne who dominated at Saint-Symphorien. 11 shots, 3 on target for Les Verts. 9 shots, 4 on target for Les Grenats of Metz. Uh, and that 1-1 really isn't going to satisfy anybody at the end of that game. Uh, Saint-Etienne are still without a win and, and they now actually are the only team without a win um, in Ligue 1. And I think they really hope that that game in Metz could be the, the one that they get the three point from. The first half was a good first half, uh, you know, both teams pushing really early on. Um, of course, the, the two goals, and if you haven't seen it, I really encourage to go and watch them. Uh, two beautiful goals, the, the free kick from Boulaya, um, from like about 30 meters, uh, is powerful. 
I mean, from 30 meters, you would, you would expect the goalkeeper to be uh, on it and to be able to stop it. And he was on the trajectory, but it wasn't, just wasn't able to stop it. Uh, but it is still a great effort by Bulaya. And, and I said it in, in a post a couple of weeks ago. Um, Bulaya is the player that can help Mess. Uh, get back into their rhythm and that can sort of potentially save um, Antonetti's place on the bench, really. Uh, but that equalizer from Kazri, what a response. What a what a moment of, of pure inspiration. I don't want to say it's a, it's a moment of genius because um, Kazri tries to do it every single game. Uh, but to be able to score it is, of course, always going to be uh, impressive. A shot from 65 meters from his own half. Uh, it's, a, it's a corner kick for Mess and uh, on the counter-attack, one pass. And Kazri, from his own half, sees that uh, Ukija is far from his goal and decides to, to try his luck from, from all, the way, all the way down there and scores it. Uh, you know, probably one of the goals of the season. Um, we, we had a bit of a chat online with, uh, with some friends of mine and they said that they don't reckon it's that much of a, of a beautiful goal because it's just a shot. Uh, I feel like, you know, being inspired to, to, to shoot from this far to, to have the, um, the, the balls, I guess. I, I can't find another word, uh, to, to shoot from 65 meters and put it in the back of the net, uh, is always going to be something pretty special. Uh, and that's a special way to, uh, to level. Um, they were, Able to, to score again, uh, Saint Etienne, unfortunately for them, uh, Ukija regime himself. Uh, Kazri again uh, had a good opportunity, but the mess goalkeeper was the one, uh, saving it. Uh, the second half was definitely a little bit more dull, uh, than the first was. I think both teams were sort of making sure that they were not going to lose. And, and, you know, uh, Mess only has one win and he's 19 on the table. Uh, and they just didn't want to, uh, to let Saint Etienne come back on them. Uh, the only, the only, um, dangerous opportunity came at the 88th minute for Mess. Uh, with Opa and get almost scoring, but, um, Green, um, you know, doing a, a save that really allowed his team to, to get that point and to bring it back home. Uh, both teams are on a historical run that, you know, they would rather end quickly. Uh, for Mess, it's 14 games without a win at home. Uh, and for Saint-Etienne, it's 14 games without a win, period. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a run that sort of might keep going if you look at what happened next week, because Saint-Etienne will be hosting Clermont. Clermont, who, uh, who is a, a team that plays good football, uh, and Mess is traveling to Marseille and, and winning at the Velodrome uh, is never an easy feat. Next game up was, um, you know, the other game of the week on paper after Paris Saint-Germain-Lille. Uh, Lyon against Lens and OL won 2-1 against, uh, Lens. Lens who, uh, who had a pretty good run away and then lost against Montpellier and Arlons against, uh, Lyon. Uh, and, and it was arguably, you know, uh, a, a game between two of the best teams, uh, in Ligue 1 this season, two of the best collective team, at least. Uh, so Lyon winning 2-1, the goal scorer, Carl Toko Ekambi, at the 25th minute on penalty, and Oussem Awar, who's back in form, uh, for, for Lyon, uh, with the goal just before halftime at the 41st minute. The answer came from Kalimwendo for Lens at the 61st minute. Lyon with, um, the majority of the ball possession, 55%, 13 shots, 4 on target. Lens with 18 shots and 10 on target. Uh, shows you uh, which teams can can feel lucky that they got the three points at the end. Um, like I said, two of the very best teams in Ligue 1, you know, co- collectively, and and the winners, yeah, probably can consider themselves lucky. Uh, Peter Boss and his troops uh, really needed a, a strong um, Lopez and, and a bit of luck along the way to try and uh, and get that that game to get the three points uh, in the Groupama Stadium. 
the the away team, you know, I think Lance, they are arguably the best team in Ligue 1 right now. I think that I put them over Lyon. I don't see another team who plays as good football as they do. I mean, Nice is a bit more on the defensive side. Uh, Lance just like to create uh, football a bit more. Uh, they have lost, however, three of their last six games. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's probably the circumstances when, when they get a red card, that's a bit... Um, a bit severe against Strasbourg, uh, a bit of lack of luck, a bit of lack of finishing, uh, or, you know, simply facing a goalkeeper like it was the case against um, Montpellier. Uh, but yeah, for a team that plays that well, it's definitely um, a lack of luck not to be able to get those results. And, and no doubt that if they keep playing this way, um, they'll turn this around. Although we'll talk again about Lance uh, when comes the uh, the African Cup of Nation in January, because they're going to lose um, a few players when, when that comes up. Lyon, on the other side, um, you know, yes, they had the ball possession, but they did suffer from the lack of striker, uh, especially during that game. Um, I think it was probably uh, Paqueta. Paqueta was playing as a, as a false nine. It was probably his worst game of the season. I mean, you know, it's a, it, was, it was a good game, but he's, he's been such a, a genius and so instrumental in, in Lyon's successes that when you see him performing a little bit less well, uh, you you notice it, and, and it's definitely a, a gap in, in the game of Lyon. Uh, Shakiri, who was playing uh, up front on the right side, just yet to confirm what we think he can bring to, to OL and what he think he can bring to Lyon, to Ligue 1, excuse me. Um, he's just not at the level that we expect him to be. I mean, mind you, he's basically only been at that level with the Switzerland national team in the past few years, but, uh, but I think OL is expecting a lot more from their uh, international player. The midfield was okay for Lyon. I think, you know, when you're playing against Lens and you have Fofana and Ducouré in front of you, it's going to be a physical game. It's going to be intense. There's going to be a lot of pressure. Um, so you better be on your, uh, on your A game if you want to survive that. And, and Kakere, Bruno Guimaraes and, and Awa, I think, had a very good game for Lyon. And it's reassuring to see Lyon, um, sort of finding finally, uh, who their midfield three is going to be. You know, we didn't know if it was going to be Kakere or Chago Mendes. Uh, you know, what, what happens when Paqueta drop back into the midfield? Uh, right now it looks good. Kakere, Bruno and, and Awar. And, uh, I'm sure, um, I'm sure Peter Boss will find a way to, uh, to slide whoever else comes in there. Lance was trying to play a bit more direct football all game and, and they almost were the ones scoring first with a couple of attempts, um, saved on their line by both Boateng and Denayer. Uh, Lopez was beaten on those ones, probably the, the, the three only times that Lopez was, was beaten. Uh, but then Lance was punished basically on individual mistakes because Lyon, although uh, they had the, the majority of the possession, they were really, really quick in counter-attack as well. Um, the, the penalty who was given the 24th minute, uh, you know, two penalties could have been given on that occasion. Uh, Paqueta was sort of pulled back and still was able to pull, to give the ball to Bruno Guimares. And then Guimares is tackled into the middle of the box. Uh, and the referee doesn't hesitate and, and VAR confirms it. Uh, Carl Tocco can't be happy to take the, the ball and to score his fourth goal of the season from the spot kick. Um, really helped Lyon sort of take a, a breath of fresh air, uh, and put themselves a little bit more at ease. Lyon, Lyon, um, you know, wasn't in just straight away though. Lance tried to answer very quickly. Uh, and five minutes later, they thought they had scored, but unfortunately, um, Klaus was offside on that one. Villar had to check though, and, and rightfully, uh, was, was, the, um, the goal was denied. Uh, it's, it's a bit unfortunate because Lance on that opportunity, um, 
Gloss is outside just because Sotoka completely misses his volley. Uh, if Sotoka can actually connect with the ball, uh, it could have been a, a goal for, for Lance. And uh, instead of that, what happened is uh, a few minutes later, uh, Awar, just like a poacher, real fox in the box, uh, scores a goal after Leka was only able to beat away an attempt from Carl Toko Ekambi. And, and four minutes before halftime uh, is the best moment to score a goal for the home squad. 2-0 at the half might be a bit generous for OL, but at the end of the day, they were the, you know, they were the most efficient. Uh, and defensively, they had a good game, even though Lance uh, kept pushing and pushing. At halftime, uh, the main change that happened, of course, is the entrance of um, Gael Kakuta instead of Sotoka for Lance. Uh, and straight away, uh, you saw the difference when Gael Kakuta is on the pitch twice. He almost scores and twice Anthony Lopez showed off his skills uh, and saved his team, basically. Um, Paqueta was the one trying to answer. It was interesting to see if Paqueta was going to have a, a better second half, but, uh, but he was denied by Leca. Um, unfortunately, the, the better second half was definitely going to be had by the, by the EOA team. Uh, and Lance, um, you know, forced Lopez to make another save before finally they were able to, to reduce the score. Uh, beautiful one-two between Kalimwendo and Kakuta. And the striker on loan from Paris Saint-Germain, uh, eventually just chipped the ball over. Uh, the Portuguese goalkeeper, Anthony Lopez, to, to make that 2-1. Calimundo is not 20 years old yet and he already has 10 goals in Liga in his career. He is the youngest player to reach that milestone since uh, Kylian Mbappé, who, who reached that milestone in uh, 2017. You thought, you know, 2-1 with half an hour to play. You remember what happened uh, when Lyon was playing against Nice and they were up uh, 2-0 and lost 3-1. Uh, you thought, you know, Lance is going to be able to make it uh, yet somehow the intensity kind of dropped after that goal. Uh, you know, Lyon, of course, were happy with the results. They were still up front. Um, so they basically didn't commit up front too much and, and they sort of were just staying down and very disciplined defensively, I gotta say. They didn't lose their cool, which, you know, they probably had in their mind the fact that, um, just a week before they, um, considered three goals in the last 10 minutes. So they wanted to, to erase that from their memory. Lance just wasn't able to to push enough to be able to get uh, that second goal. They can have regrets, you know. They drop on they drop to fourth on the table with that loss. Uh, they're only two points away from Lyon right now, and they they could have they should have scored uh, earlier in the game, and and they shouldn't have made those mistakes that costed uh, the penalty and and then the goal from uh, from our Lyon definitely back in the mix, you know. I think that. Um, they're going to be even more balanced now that Islam Simani is back. We, we saw him playing just a minute uh, against Lens. Uh, but now that they have a striker being able to, to put Paqueta uh, more in his natural role, whether it's as a number 8, number 10 or, or on the wing, uh, it's going to yeah, to balance a bit more the, the squad coached by Peter Boff. And Peter Boss, excuse me, and I'm sure that um, Lyon will be able to uh, keep their run of form and, and to show that we should count on them all the way until the end of the season. Uh, Lyon will play um, midweek against Sparta Prague and at the end of the week will travel to Rennes. A very good game. Rennes against Lyon. The, the Genes Genesiotico or something like that we're going to call it. Um, Pep Genesio playing against his old team. Uh, and Lance in the meantime will be hosting uh, the 3 the um, Ligue 2 champions. Next game up Angers against Nice and a win for Les Aiglons away. 
uh, in Angers, another uh, another sort of return from the death uh, by Nice after that three uh, two win against uh, Lyon. They did it again. Uh, Buffal for Angers scored first on penalty at the 29th minute, and Delors was the savior for Nice, scoring at the 57th and the 91st minute for Les Aiglons. 63% possession for Galche's men, 14 shots, five on target, three shots for Angers, two on target. A duel between the second and the sixth on the table uh, and Delors, the, the hero of the game. Definitely the Algerian striker, uh, you know, saved this from what basically looked like a trap um, set by Angers. Uh, he was, you know, he was almost the first one to score, actually, uh, Delors, if you if you watch the game. Um, header very early on uh, that ended on, on Bernardo on his post. Uh, but um, Batikl's players played what we've seen them playing since the beginning of the season, you know, uh, rather defensive game, very quick in counter-attack, uh, you know, Mohamed, Alicho, Bufal, uh, they just have a lot of power up front, uh, and in the first half, they really frustrated Les Aiglons, who were a bit uninspired. Um, two minutes after that opportunity from uh, from Delors, Bufal earned a penalty by himself, um, dribbling Atal on the left side, uh, and then trying to go into the box, and, and Atal fouled him. Bit of a silly foul. He's on the edge of the box. You know, you don't really want to foul at that at that at that place. Um, and you know, we couldn't tell really if he was in or outside the the foul. So VAR um, chimed in, and and Buffal was given the penalty, uh, which he was happy to take and and signed his third goal uh, of the season. Nice just really um, struggled to kind of like um, find find room within the, the Angers defense uh, and had to wait until after the half just before the hour mark where uh, Delors was the one answering after a beautiful 1-2-3 uh, with Gouiri in the middle of the park and a bit of luck uh, since that attempt from probably about 25 meters away from Delors um, was deflected by uh, an Angers defender and, and went over the head of Bernardoni who was a bit off his line. They kept pushing this. Uh, Dacunia, Claude Maurice... Uh, we're both close to scoring, but it was written that Delors would be the hero on Sunday. The goal that he scores in injury time is just a superb goal. Uh, he's at the edge of the box, um, across, he's headed away by the Angel defense, uh, and he just volleyed it, uh, right in the bottom right corner of Bernardoni, who, who can't do anything on that one. Uh, Delors on, with that goal gives his team the three points and the second spot. It's his seventh goal this season. Uh, after the after the game in the post game interview, he was saying that uh, his dad uh, texted him or called him after the game one or the other, uh, and said, "You know, for the for the first uh, the first goal, you you got pretty lucky, but the second goal, uh, clearly the video that I showed you when you were young, uh, were helpful." And, and and he's talking about the fact that apparently when Andre Delors was young, his uh, his father would put the the VHS of Jean Pierre Papin. Uh, back in the days with his, uh, with his papinade, which were, uh, basically, you know, volleys that Jean-Pierre Papin used to score from anywhere on the pitch for, uh, for Olympique de Marseille or, or later on for, for Milan, Bayern and Bordeaux. Uh, anyway, it was a beautiful goal for, from Delors and, you know, nice story behind it. He said that he was, uh, dedicated that one to his father. It's another proof that Nice is not giving up until the end. Uh, you know, after that win against Lyon, they're still, they're again able to get the win. Um, in the last second of the game, they are still the best defense with only nine goals conceded. Uh, and, and like we said before, with Galcia at the helm, uh, Nice is definitely a contender, um, until the end of the season. For Angers, disappointing, you know, third game without a win, uh, and third game without a win when they were ahead against Paris, against Saint-Etienne, against Lyon. 
uh, and all three times they conceded in the last five minutes. It's a bit, it's a bit hard. I think it's a bit hard pill to swallow for uh, for Bachit and his men, but at least it also shows where the work needs to happen uh, in Angers. Next game, uh, Angers will be traveling to Lille, and Nice will be hosting Montpellier. So it's going to be a, a nice game. The the return of uh, Delors and uh, Savanier um, finding each other again. Montpellier is the next game. Montpellier against Nantes and the win for uh, TG Savanier and his and his mates 2-0. The goal scorer uh, Mollet at the 64th minute and Wahi at the 71st minute. Everything in the second half. Montpellier with 58% of the ball possession, 19 shots, 10 on target. Nantes with 12 shots, one on target. I mean, if the stats don't say it all, then, then I don't know what is. Uh, Montpellier who, who gets a win against a Nantes team that, you know, wasn't undeserving at La Mousson, despite not being able to, to catch the target. Uh, the first half started definitely on a high rhythm and, and Les Canaries were the most dangerous with several attempts. Uh, but like I said, you know, all being off target definitely, uh, didn't help. Good to see the energy on display, you know, under Camboire. Uh, it's a bit of a surprise week in week out, and I, and I keep saying it, uh, but it's really a breath of fresh air, and I'm sure it's the same for, for Nantes fans. Uh, we keep talking about Nantes as this team, the way they were uh, coached by uh, Coco Suodo back then and, and Renald Denwex, uh, who were coaches that really promoted, um, you know, free-flowing football. Uh, I think Camboire with, with Colomwani, with Moses up front, he, he's trying to get that uh, to get that same kind of football rolling and it's surprising from Comboire, but it's, it's working well, uh, for Nantes. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work well this, uh, this weekend against Montpellier. Sluggish start for, for Montpellier, for Les Paladins. Uh, and the real first alert really came just before halftime, uh, Savanier on, on a set piece, of course. In the meantime, that first half also saw four yellow cards given in the last 10 minutes sort of showing you that the game uh, basically stopped every 30 seconds uh, at the end of that first half. So not easy for those two teams who, who should who should be playing a bit more football. The second half came back and, and with it a bit more intensity. Uh, Nantes came really close to score. Um, Kirivella, I'm not sure how he missed that, but he completely missed his shot alone in the box. And a minute later, um, unfortunately for Nantes, an attempt by, uh, by Savanier was beaten away by Lafont. Uh, but Mollet, uh, like a striker that he is not, <laughs> tapped the ball in the back of the empty net. It's his third goal of the season, which is as many as uh, as last year in 34 games. Uh, Montpellier tried to kill the game real quick, uh, but Lafont first delayed the fate with with a great save in front of Mavididi. Nothing he could do though when uh, when Wahi had just came in and really posed some issues in the middle of the of the Nantes defense defense story um, ended a, a lightning quick counter attack with the ball between the legs of the French international goalkeeper. The the home team then had a lead you know of two goals and and that lead they would keep until the end. Uh, they were still the most dangerous. Uh, you know Savanier hit the crossbar uh, and Wahi thought that he scored a second goal but he was denied by VAR for offside rightfully. Uh, so, so a, a good win for Montpellier against a Nantes team that was definitely in form and is in the um, is in the first half of the table still. Uh, it's a nice run home for Montpellier, though. You know, it's uh, unbeaten at La Mousson in six games now. Nantes were undefeated for three games, uh, but like I said, they're, they're only one. Uh, they're only sorry. They're still in the first half of the table, only one point clear of of uh, number four, uh, and they're still a point away from Montpellier. At the end of the week, Montpellier is traveling to Nice and Nantes will be hosting Strasbourg. 
3 against Rennes is next and 2-2 draw at the Stade de l'Aube. Rami scored his first goal under his New Jersey at the 30th minute and Jingome scored at the 40th 4-3. Naïef Aguerd had opened the score for Rennes at the 9th minute and Martin Terrier scored at the 81st minute. 62% possession for Rennes, 13 shots and 5 on target for the away team, 14 shots and 5 on target as well. 4-3. An entertaining game at the Stade de l'Aube as the, um, as the score sheet says it. Uh, you know, Rennes first controlled the game. Uh, very, very quick start. Four corners in the first nine minutes and Aguerd scoring on that fourth, uh, corner, which is, uh, the second goal in two games for, uh, for the center back. Uh, the header on that cross was just impossible to stop for uh, Gauthier Gallon, uh, right into the top right corner. Uh, Les Rouges et Noirs kept pushing and, and failed to score a second one. Just because Gallon was in such great form, the, the goalkeeper from Troyes um, really, really kept his team in the game this weekend. Troyes finally woke up at the half-hour mark. Uh, the, fourth, the first opportunity from uh, Mama Balde just was wide, and then Bianconi a couple of times got close. And finally, it's Adil Rami, the, the former uh, Lille, Marseille, and, and whoever, wherever else he went, Boavista, I think, uh, centre-back was able to, to score, latest recruit of the City Football Group Club, um, cut a corner uh, that was shot by Jingome and glanced a header away from Alfred Gomis. Uh, Ren sort of seemed a bit stunned, you know, a bit of a hit on the back of the head uh, by that goal and, and completely unresponsive for five minutes. And, and in the next minute, uh, Balde literally dribbled two, three, four players in the, the Rennes defense who, who didn't move. Uh, the ball got to Chavalerin, whose, uh, whose shot was deflected. And then Jingome, um, who found, was found in the middle of the box, dummied from the right foot, finished from the left foot. And in three minutes, Trois was up front. When they both came back from the, from the locker room, uh, offensive intent, but just a little bit less intensity, uh, Rennes really struggled to actually contain Trois. Uh, Ripar twice had the opportunity to kill the game for the home team. Uh, Kwame, Bianconi all had their chances. Uh, but eventually, uh, and thankfully for them, it was Rennes that would score that important goal with uh, Martin Terrier um, shooting from mid-range just outside the box. Very precise shot uh, in the bottom corner with 10 minutes to go. Terrier actually was the player who almost uh, scored a second, another goal afterwards. Uh, a beautiful volley in the added time. Uh, but Gallon frustrated the former Lyon striker with a superb save, uh, probably the, the man of the match in that game, the Trois goalkeeper. Trois are now unbeaten in three games and they're slowly climbing up the ladder, slowly getting away from that relegation zone. Uh, but Rennes, it's definitely a missed opportunity. Uh, they could have leveled with Lance if they had winning, uh, if they had won that one, excuse me. Uh, they are, though, still undefeated in eight games in all competition. So it's a good series for Bruno Genesio and his troops. Uh, solid week coming up for Rennes. They're playing Murat in um, European Conference League. And then they are hosting Lyon. In the meantime, Troyes is going to have the, the hard task to go and play at the Stade Bollard against Lens. Now we're going in the east of France, Strasbourg, Lorient at the Stade de la Meno and an emphatic win by Strasbourg, 4-0. The goal scorer, Ajorc at the 28th minute, Diallo at the 39th and the 47th uh, in, in the other time of the first half and Thomasson at the 64th minute. 54% ball position for Strasbourg, 15 shots, 6 on target and for Lorient, 5 attempts and not 1 on target. 
how to score when you when you can't catch the the white square. Um, entertaining first 15 minutes of the game, uh, you know, it looked like it could go either way at the Stade de la Meno, uh, but after that, it just really very quickly became a one-sided game with Strasbourg basically dominating really comfortably. Um, a game that, to be honest, I expected to be a bit cagier. Uh, Mofi and Legoff for Lorient were the one who, who had, you know, early opportunities to come and bother Matt Sales. Mofi with the, uh, the clearest one. He, he was able to dribble the goalkeeper, but unfortunately, uh, wasn't able to sort of adjust his foot to, to put the one in the back of the net. But after that, you know, the, the Alsatians just weathered the storm and, and then struck first at the half hour mark. Uh, Ludovic Ajor, who else, you know, lobbing, lobbing Nardi with, with a header. Uh, you don't see that often, but um, the header was just perfect from the six-yard box in the opposite corner. Uh, Jallo then scored twice before the half. Uh, one was a, a real poacher's goal after Nardi had, had saved an attempt from Thomasson. Uh, another one was a precise volley from the edge of the box in the bottom corner, a little bit like Terrier's goal with uh, with Rennes. Uh, and then next thing you know, Strasbourg is up 3-0 at halftime. So once you've done that, uh, the three points are almost guaranteed. You just have to control the second half. And that's what they did. And uh, they did even a bit better than that because they added another goal 20 minutes in by Thomasson, uh, who, who was able to, you know, sort of control the ball and, and then um, adjust Nardi by himself in the middle of a pretty um, apathetic Lorient defense. Strasbourg is smashing it at home. It's it's their ninth goal in, in two games. Uh, it's their fourth win in the last five at home. Uh, and, and it's a solid performance for Julien Stéphane and his men. You know, um, Stéphane doesn't have the quality that he had in Rennes, but he's definitely getting the best uh, out of his group. Uh, for Lorient, it's it's a bit disappointed. Uh, you know, it's a bit disappointing. Excuse me. We expect so much more from Christophe Pellissier and, and his troops. Um, they are now winless in five games. Um, away from home, um, they are winless in 22 encounters, which is, uh, which is pretty, pretty big. Uh, we know Pelissier's football. We know that it can be much more entertaining. Uh, and with Lorienté and now Diara injured, you're wondering how Les Merlieux are, are going to be able to bounce back. I mean, you know, there's Terem Mofi, but, uh, he can't do any, everything on his own. Uh, very, very good game, uh, and very good win by Strasbourg, but it is definitely worrying for, uh, le FC Lorient, for Les Merlieux. Lorient will host Brest next uh, week and Strasbourg will be traveling to the West to play against Nantes. Bordeaux against Reims was the thriller of the weekend. A 3-2 win for les Girondins de goal scorer Yacine Adli, Jimmy Briand. Uh, Adli scored at the 73rd minute and Jimmy Briand scored at the 78th and the 95th. Reims as caught first by Hugo Ekichike at the 37th and Bradley Loco at the 63rd. 53% ball position for Bordeaux, 16 shots, 6 on target and for Reims, 12 shots and 8 on target. Like I said, the thriller of the weekend at the Mutatantic and a really fun second half of football after uh, what was a, a largely boring first half between two teams who are really inconsistent this season. Uh, Bordeaux was really completely overrun for probably about an hour. Uh, and Reims was logically ahead at halftime with um, Ekijike scoring a Porcher's goal after Costil had made several saves already. The second half was, you know, at first 
a bit on the same slow rhythm, uh, you know, and Reims used it to, to, to their advantage, scoring that second goal. Uh, it was hard to see what Bordeaux was going to be able to do at that, at that point. Uh, the second goal came from Bradley Loco, who saw, um, Costil a little bit off his line and swerved the beautiful ball at the far post, which was out of reach for, for the French international. Bordeaux really, you know, just not giving anything that they sort of had started to give until that point. Uh, and then Jimmy Briand came in, uh, and that was just the, just the turn of the, of the game for, for Bordeaux. Uh, it's hard to see Bordeaux playing the way they're playing and, and lucky for them that, um, the tide turned during that game because, um, you wonder what would have happened, uh, otherwise. As soon as Jimmy Briand came in, uh, on his first cross, he was able to find Yassin Adli at the far post. And, um, the young midfielder recruited by uh, Milan in the offseason, um, was able to, to score the ball, to put the ball, excuse me, uh, past Raikovic. Uh, and then after that, five minutes after, uh, Briand, uh, just put his name in the history book, uh, being able to score a goal. It's, uh, a goal scored in his 17th consecutive Ligue 1 season, which is, uh, a real performance. Uh, that goal was basically straight out of the, um, training ground. A, uh, a free kick uh, instead of being in the middle of the box just passed behind where all the player was and um, Briand running in to um, bury in the back of the net. The the game could have stayed there and it was 2-2 but Briand in the last seconds of the game scored a penalty. Uh, confusing action, you know, uh, the Bordeaux in attack. Uh, we see Rajkovic denying uh, a third goal with a beautiful save but VAR came in and, and spotted a handball by Fess in the build-up. Uh, so the penalty is given and, and Jimmy Briand gives his side um, only their second win of the season, but a very precious win. Uh, you know, like I said, I think if they uh, if they don't win this one, I, I don't know that Petkovic keeps his role. I don't know that it's not uh, a full-on crisis in Bordeaux uh, if they're not able to uh, to get the three points there. Bit of a heartbreak for Oscar Garcia and Reims. You know, they had the game in hand until the 70th minute. Uh, but they just weren't able to hold their advantage uh, or, or even to, to score more goals despite the fact that they had opportunities. Bordeaux, maybe that's the reference game, you know, saving yourself in, in the face of a crisis. Maybe that's when they, they start trying to to find an identity. They start trying to, to get a bit of intensity back on. Um, it's not going to be easy to confirm straight away because their next game uh, is at home again, but it's against Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, Rez, in the meantime, uh, will be hosting Monaco. Mind you, PSG and Monaco are both playing midweek, so maybe maybe both teams have a chance to uh, to get the result at home uh, next weekend. Monaco uh, is the next team that we are talking about. They were traveling to Brest, and Brest won their first game of the season against the club of the Principality 2-0. The goal scorer Mounier at the 18th minute and Honora at the 79th. Uh, 67 ball position for Monaco, uh, yet only five shots, only two on target. And for Brest, seven shots and three on target. Well, we talk about inconsistent teams. Uh, Monaco is definitely as inconsistent as it gets. Uh, you know, they're traveling to Brest and, and we got the surprise of the, of the weekend at Francis Leblay. Um, their Zakarian's men so off, um, Kovacs, Troops on, in, you know, in old Derzakarian fashion. They were dominated and they just counter-attacked really fast. Uh, and, and they actually turned out to be the most dangerous team, um, because Monaco was a bit, um, uninspired up front. It's Reims, it's Brest, excuse me, first Ligue 1 win in six months. It's very important for, for Brest, I think, those three points. 
We thought Monaco were healed. You know, they had won four of their last five league game, only losing to Lyon. Uh, but they just found themselves mute again against Brest and, and the home team really took advantage of it, scoring on, on set pieces before the 20th minute. Uh, Mounier was at the far post and, and followed the header by Chardonnay to, to tap the ball in. Monaco sort of try and push up and equalize, but it just not a lot happened offensively. Voland was playing, Benyeder was playing, Chouameni was there, uh, but they, they didn't really bring the danger more than like once or twice in the whole game. Brest were patient. They waited for Monaco to open up and then they processed in, in counter-attack. Uh, and at the, the very end of the game, at the 79th minute, uh, Honora basically secured the three points uh, with uh, with a, a goal from, same thing, the far post, a, a counter-attack that went from the right wing to the left wing really quickly. Uh, and the former Sergeant forward just left Nubel no chance and, and gave his team uh, that very, very important win. It's a really opportunity. It's a really wasted opportunity, excuse me, for Monaco. Uh, they could have come back a point behind Lance, and, and instead, uh, here they are dropping to the tenth spot. I don't know. Yeah, Monaco is a bit of an enigma. Yeah, you thought that they were slowly coming back to the level they were supposed to be, uh, but then they give you games like this against a team that um, they should see off pretty easily. You're wondering what's going on in the group. There's a lack of confidence. There's a lack of. Um, you know, there's a lack of teamwork going on. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Kovac, I think, is a good coach, so maybe he can turn that around. Uh, but I'm not sure he's going to have uh, many more opportunities to to make mistakes like what happened this weekend. For Brest, uh, that win put them above Mess, uh, and of course, leaves Saint Etienne as the only team who's still winless in league in this season. Uh, it's uh, probably a very important, a very big breath of fresh air for Der Zakarian and his player. Uh, Brest this weekend are traveling to Lorient and Monaco are traveling to Reims. The last game of the weekend was Clermont against Marseille and OM got the win 1-0. Uh, the goal scorer Senges Under at the 25th minute. Uh, Marseille, who dominated the game at least in terms of possession with 59% possession, 9 shots, 4 on target, and for Clermont, 12 shots and only 1 on target. It's an important win away for OM in Clermont. It's, uh, Clermont is a team that had scored in every home game this season uh, up until then. Uh, it's a game that wasn't very easy for either team, a lot of rain, uh, but the game was fairly controlled by, uh, by Marseille. Uh, who, who had an opportunity early on by Dieng, uh, who that was saved by Desmas, and, and then uh, Under scores a, a beautiful goal, uh, launched in space on the right wing by uh, by Genduzi. Uh, he's facing his, his left back, and yet he's able to put the ball just over the ankle of his defender, uh, and in the opposite side net, just out of reach for, for Desmas. Clermont tried to answer, and you know they have the firepower up front to to answer. Even though Mohamed Bayo was uh, on the bench because of his off the field um, issues, uh, Alevina almost scored in the first half and probably deserved to score. Uh, but Paulo Lopez um, executed his his first and only save of the game uh, to keep Clermont at bay. Uh, Mohamed Bayou did come in in the second half and, and had a couple opportunity in the middle of the box, but just was a bit clumsy and, and not able to connect well with the ball uh, to really bring the danger in the middle of the uh, Marseille defense. Uh, for Marseille, there was, you know, I'm not going to say it was the B team, but there was definitely a few uh, changes. Payet and Milik were left on the bench. Uh, and when they came in in the second half, very quickly they had the first opportunity. Uh, a cross from Payet, a header by Milik, 
who, uh, who crashed onto the, the crossbar, but that was a, a good opportunity for Marseille to make it 2-0. They were able to to control the game until the end of the 90 minutes. Uh, you know, sometimes they suffered a little bit from the intensity that Clermont put in, especially on the wings. Uh, but at the end of the day, they did get the three points. It's it's a good win. Uh, you know, they're third. They're only nine points behind Paris Saint-Germain, one behind Nice. Uh, and, and it's it's a good win for Marseille to to stay in the rhythm. Um, Clermont, on the other side, keep going down on the table. Uh, they had such a good start and, and then they are just struggling to really get the good results. Uh, next week, they are traveling to Saint-Etienne to try and get uh, a precious win and try and uh, and put Saint-Etienne a little bit lower. For, for Clermont, Saint-Etienne is a little bit of the derby. It's the, the city that's the closest to them. Uh, so it's definitely going to be an important game for them. Uh, Marseille, in the meantime, will be hosting Metz. All right, that's all 10 games of match day 12 um, done and dusted. On the table, Paris Saint-Germain, of course, is at the top with 31 points. Uh, behind them, uh, five teams are in four points. Nice with 23, Marseille 22, Lens 21, and Rennes and Lyon at 19 points. At the bottom of the table, Saint-Etienne is all the way last with six points. Metz is in front of them with seven, and Brest with 9, Reims with 11 is already 5 points away uh, from Saint-Etienne who definitely need a bit of a um, series going on. The goal scoring ladder, Jonathan David with his goal is uh, top, up top by, by himself with 8 goals uh, followed by Laborde, Delors and Cazri uh, all with um, 7 goals. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, race up front and um, in the assist ladder, uh, Ajorc is up front with Moses Simon with five assists each. All right, this week there's a, a bit of European football going on, of course, uh, with uh, with five teams playing in Europe. And um, the European football for Ligue 1 has been pretty okay since the beginning of the season. Only one loss uh, in in the whole what was that, 15 games, which was uh, Lille pl- losing against the um, RB Salzburg. Lille uh, will be playing in Seville uh, this week on, on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, depending where you are uh, in the world. Uh, it's going to be a bit harder to, to maneuver Sevilla at home. Uh, the, the score was 1-1 in, in Lille a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think, you know, it's, a, it's an open group that Lille is in. Uh, Salzburg is up front with seven points and then Sevilla three points and Lille and uh, Wolfsburg have two points. But it's a bit of a make or break game for Lille because a loss could basically end their Champions League run uh, and a win would put them in an ideal position to go to the next round or at least to qualify to Europa League if if they can't make it to, to Champions League. Uh, the group will be open until the end, but Lille will definitely need to be um, in exceptional form to get through to Sevilla, uh, who are still the best defense in Liga, who are a team uh, that is very serious when they play at home uh, and who are a team who definitely... Uh, you know, envision to be able to go as far as possible um, in the Champions League. Up until now, Lille was able to sort of show a bit of a better face in uh, in midweek in European games. Let's see if they can um, keep it up. Paris Saint-Germain will be playing in Germany against the RB Leipzig. It's an important game for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, they're facing bottom of the group Leipzig, who have zero points until now. Uh, Paris, of course, is undefeated and, and ahead of the group with seven points. Uh, but they could secure their future in Champions League with a win. 
loss, however, uh, could present a risk for Pochettino's men, regardless of what happened in the other game, uh, because Manchester City and Bruges are the next two games. And if they lose against Leipzig in, in Germany, um, they would have to make sure they get results um, in those last two games and uh, they would uh, you know, not be able to sort of create a bit of turnover for the last couple of games. Lyon in Europa League will be hosting uh, Sparta Prague. Uh, oh well, you know, they're already almost guaranteed to go through in Europa League. Through in is an, in as many games. Uh, they could secure the top spot by uh, beating Sparta at home. And, you know, I fully expect them to be able to do uh, that. They are averaging three goals per game so far. Uh, and no doubt that that offensive firepower is going to talk again on Thursday. That win, if they get it against Sparta at home, will allow turnover in the next two games. Uh, and it's an important thing for Lyon because in the meantime, in Ligue 1, Lyon will be playing Rennes, Marseille and Montpellier. Uh, so uh, any piece of turnover, I'm sure, will be good to take for OL. Monaco, still in Europa League, will be playing Eindhoven. Uh, surprisingly, Monaco was able to bring back the three points from the Netherlands last time around, uh, and they will want to confirm that at home this week. Uh, they are top of the table in that group. It's a hard group, you know, Eindhoven, um, Real Sociedad, uh, and, and they could almost cause the upset of eliminating Eindhoven from the race if they win that game at home at the Stade Guido uh, this week. And, and that's all we wish, of course, for Monaco. Uh, they need to show something a little bit different from what we've seen uh, this weekend, though. The last game of Europa League is Marseille against Lazio in, in that tight group of death of the Europa League. Uh, Marseille, who were only able to draw so far, uh, they're third, they're a point behind Lazio, uh, and anything else than a win would basically be um, pretty disappointing for OM. If they do want to go through, they have to get a win at home against Lazio. Uh, if they finish second, um, and that's true for any of the French team actually, in Europa League, uh, it's not going to be easy because when you finish second with a new format, um, you're going to face the third of the Champions League in a playoff game to be able to make it to the quarterfinal of Europa League. Um, so this week, it's really, you know, Marseille's chance to to go for the top spot at the end because a loss would condemn them basically to, to not get the, the top spot. And then it's either um, that playoff game or a, or a Conference League game at best. And in the Conference League, uh, Rennes is the club that's representing France. Uh, and Rennes is playing against Mura from Slovenia. Um, you expect them to see off Mura and, and to secure a spot in the next round. Uh, Genesio's men have been in form and, you know, they shouldn't be too bothered uh, by, by that team as long, of course, as they stay serious. Uh, with the following game being home against Vitesse, uh, a win really could game them a bit of room for error and, and to be able to finish that group stake comfortably and, and to qualify uh, for the next step in Europea Conference League, that, that new cup that was uh, created this season. That's about it for Casselelin, the French football podcast. Thank you very much uh, for listening, for, uh, you know, for chatting on, on Twitter and, and for all the questions. Uh, really, really loving it. Uh, this week, a few games, of course, in Europe. Next week, uh, a full-on um, match day 13. And then the international break uh, with uh, with France trying to secure their spot for the World Cup. Looking forward to all of this. Thanks again for listening to uh, Castelle Ligne. And I'm looking forward to speaking to you again next week. Ciao. Bye-bye. Thank you. Mm-hmm.